What's up, guys? Lindsay Fry here, and you are listening to another episode of the Lindsay Fry Hockey Audio Experience. First of all, thank you guys so much for listening. I really appreciate it. Make sure that you're uh, logging in, making comments, and following the different channels. Uh, you've got the Fry Hockey channels and the Lindsay Fry channels. Make sure you're following both for all kinds of different things related to hockey, mental performance, hopefully a little bit of entertainment, just a little of everything. All right, back to the podcast. So today I'm talking to a local sports reporter uh, here in Arizona, and we talk a little bit about everything from the Olympics getting postponed to girls hockey to children's book illustrations. So a ton of fun, and I hope you enjoy. For sure. Um, Okay, Lindsay. For the official record, could I get you to say and spell your first and last name and your title? Sure. Uh, so Lindsay Fry, L-Y-N-D-S-E-Y-F-R-Y. Um, and right now I have a lot of different titles. Um, at the Coyotes, it's marketing strategy manager, and I'm the president of our girls hockey association, the Arizona Kachinas. And then I also run uh, my hockey camp business called uh lindsey fry hockey all over the place lindsey it's uh, good <laughs> it's good you're staying busy mm-hmm. you, you have yourself immersed in so many things it's so cool to see kind of just everything that's developed over the years and what it's grown to so it's super awesome to see i'm like rooting Thanks. for you <laughs> <laughs> um lindsey i guess just my first question for you would be what has been the biggest change for you when it comes to y- everything affecting COVID-19 and how you've been so engaged with young hockey players? Yeah, so it's obviously working for the NHL. It's been a really interesting time um, with the league shutting down and I shouldn't say shutting down, we're on pause, Uh, but the league being on pause and, you know, everybody working from home. And it's kind of weird because, you know, on one hand, there's this potential that we're going to go into this pseudo playoff season starting you know as late as june which is normally when the season's ending um or we may just be going into next season like it's it's just this really weird unknown time so from a marketing perspective we have to be really creative and you know on one hand we want to plan for next season and really use some of this time that we normally wouldn't have to really get ahead of things for next year but you also have to be prepared if all of a sudden the pause gets lifted tomorrow and you have to be ready to execute some sort of playoff series in a week like we need to be able to be agile so it's it's an interesting time and then on the youth hockey stuff um especially for our coyotes programming you know all of our youth hockey is going with usa hockey and the NHL. We're, we're making sure that we're aligning since our programs are under the NHL umbrella. And so like our, our, we felt so bad. Our older girls had their district championships canceled, um, like the day before they were supposed to start, which was a huge bummer. That's like what they work so hard for all season. Um, some of our younger teams, we had to cancel their last games. And now we don't even know when we're going to be able to start up our summer programming, which usually starts the end of April. So it's kind of a weird time. So we're trying to do a lot of different things to keep the kids engaged. On the Arizona Kachina side of things, we're putting out videos, stick handling videos. The coaches are all kind of pooling together to just create some video engagement for the kids so they can work on skills at home which has been really positively received 
Um, and then I've been just trying to do whatever I can. I've been pu putting out a lot of like mental performance stuff. It's something I'm really passionate about. And uh, I think it's something that especially right now when things are so chaotic and there's so many unknowns, it's just such an important thing for kids to really be thinking about and working on because it's something that they don't normally get coached on during the year. Um, and then one of the things that you saw that you really liked was I, this is something I've wanted to do for a while and just hadn't had the time or reason to do it. But I started writing these hockey themed kids stories and they're just, they're super short stories. You can read them in less than 10 minutes. And, uh, I've put out three. I just put out another one this morning and they're just cute, fun stories to keep kids engaged. Um, I know a lot of parents are struggling to try to figure out how they're going to keep their kid on any sort of like academic schedule. So I'm hoping this is just an easy way to kind of keep the kids reading, keep them engaged, and hopefully keep them excited about hockey. You mentioned that that's something you've wanted to do for a really long time. What was the idea behind creating hockey-themed short stories? I mean, I'm always trying to figure out ways in which I can add value for people. Um, and especially, you know, the demographic I work with is usually young kids. And so this was just something that I thought, you know, what's going to be something that the parents are going to be pumped about and the kids are going to be excited about. And that, that just seemed like an idea that made total sense. Um, I am by no means like a, a studied writer. <laughs> I mean, I, I was a history of science major, but um, I've always enjoyed writing and writing stories, and I used to do that a lot as a kid. So it's been kind of fun for me to tap back into that because I haven't done it in a really long time. And um, I, I think one of the coolest things about it, though, is, you know, being in my leadership role, I get to experience a lot of the good stuff, but also a lot of the, the negative stuff that the kids and the parents experience. And um, I've just been really trying to tap into that and figure out ways to tell those stories in a kid appropriate way. So one of the stories is about a little kid who got bullied by an older player in our association and told, you know, you're not good enough. So I wrote a story about that. That's the story Colin finds his confidence. And um, it's kind of cute that that kid is actually illustrating the story right now. So they're actually working on, on creating some pictures for it. So uh, I just, I, I think it's a great way for kids to kind of read and hopefully realize, you know, wow, I'm not the only person who's dealt with this problem. Um, and that's kind of my goal for it. And then it's crazy because it's now expanded into something completely different. I like, I have a really bad habit of like sitting bolt upright in the middle of the night with like a crazy idea. And the other night I was like, what if I got kids to illustrate these, put it into like a longer book of short stories, sold them and then created like a hockey scholarship fund. So since you and I first talked, like that's now where it's progressed to in my that's head. That's amazing. So we'll, we'll see if we get there, but uh, yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I think it'd be a fun way to engage the kids and give back to the community. On top of having the short stories, you mentioned that you're creating videos on social media, working on some skill set things. Can you elaborate on what that's been like kind of doing it from home and having, I saw there was like 
it looked like dog fence netting and then like yeah. <laughs> kind of like the makeshift hockey goalie and just what that yeah, experience yeah, yeah. has been like. Yeah. I mean, it's, we're making it work. Um, all the coaches have different resources at home to work with. I'm fortunate that I just happen to have like this carport where I can hang that hockey shot tarp thing behind there. But, um, I think the reality is, you know, you don't need this like nice studio to be able to record these videos. At the end of the day, you're recording them so kids can work on their skills in their front yard, in their driveway. So I think the, the authenticity of all of us coaches, like working with what we have is really real for these kids and is going to resonate with them. And um, they've really been enjoying it. So it's, it's been fun and um, it was fun. You know, my best friend, Aaron was the other person in those videos. And so it was kind of fun, especially during social distancing to like have some social contact and get to <laughs> create those. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Has it been hard for you to kind of be away from some of the kids that you're so used to coaching and mentoring physically? You know, it hasn't, I don't think it's really hit a lot of us yet because this is, we get a really short off season in our world mm -hmm. where we have maybe a month between the end of the season and then the start of summer programming. So this is when that naturally would have been going on. Um, but I mean, if this goes through June, which I have no idea when it's going to go through, like that's when I think, you know, in a couple of weeks here, we're really going to start missing the kids. And especially for me, like my favorite thing over the summer is small fries with our little, little, like five, six, seven year olds. And, um, they are just like the light of my summer. So I'm, I really hope this lifts soon and we're able to get back on the ice with the kids. What would you say to your hockey community about staying busy and active during this COVID-19 shutdown and why it's so important for not only your physical health, but mental health? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, I think I've started to feel it. Like it was a huge reason why we decided to come up here is you just, when you're stuck in the same environment each and every day, I mean, even if you are going outside here and there, like it can really weigh on you mentally. And I think, um, it can create some habits that will ultimately lead to a state of mind that isn't really positive. Maybe you start to feel a little depressed, a little sad, a little anxious. Um, and so I think it's just really important to make sure you're getting outside, being active um, as best you can, making sure that you are still interacting with your friends. I mean, I know even just like I FaceTimed my grandparents the other night and even if I wanted to, I probably wouldn't go over to their house because they are older and you just want to be extra careful. Um, but I mean, my mood just shifted significantly just FaceTiming them. So that's something, um, one of the things that we're doing is some webinars with our kids um, talking about different topics. So last week we talked about overcoming adversity and um, it was just a really great way for the kids to all kind of feel connected again and feel like they were hanging out with their team and hanging out with their coaches, even though we're all staring at our computer screen. So um, I really would encourage everybody, you know, make sure you're getting outside, getting some, some exercise in, giving yourself a mental break and um, finding ways to still communicate with people as best you can. Lindsay, I do want to switch gears for a second and kind of touch on a couple of other things. Uh, for you as a hockey player, how surreal was it to have this season on like pause, but at such <laughs> a weird time of the year where hockey is like at its peak right before the playoffs? Yeah, it's, um, it's been really strange. I, I think, 
you know, we were in a weird spot. The Coyotes are kind of in a weird spot where we, we were having a phenomenal year early on. Um, we're first in our division there for a while. It was the first time that had happened in a long time. And then we didn't have a very good January and February. And so for us, it's, it's, it's a little bizarre because now all of a sudden, like there's this possibility where we were probably like out of the playoffs. If you know, you looked at the statistics and everything and now they're looking at potentially doing this giant round Robin tournament where everybody gets into the playoffs and so for us, it's kind of, it's kind of strange because it might actually work in our favor. Um, but it's also weird being on the marketing side of things because you kind of, you know, oh, okay, you get into that place where you're like, all right, probably not going to make the playoffs. And you kind of take the foot off the gas a little bit with like going all out planning for that. And now all of a sudden it's like, okay, maybe we got to like ramp that back up and be ready to go. So I think every team is just really in limbo and um, it's a, it's a little nerve-wracking there's a lot going on in the NHL there's some teams that are laying off employees temporarily there are some teams that are um, you know reducing their salaries so we're just kind of waiting and seeing what's going to happen and it is definitely the weirdest time um, on the business side too I mean we were getting ready for a five-game homestand that's that's a huge especially toward the end of the year it's a huge revenue number that we're missing out on so um, it's the economic impact on the sports world is real. And I think especially for a sport like hockey, where we are right in the heat of when everything starts to really ramp up and it's hard, but we're making it work. When you first heard the news though, that after the NBA had suspended and ended things and the NHL came next, what was your first reaction? <laughs> to be totally honest, my first reaction was thank goodness that it didn't happen a week before because we had hosted uh, the Professional Women's Hockey Players Association on the Dream Gap Tour the weekend before. And it was a huge event that we put like so much work into. Um, it was a three-game series, and it wow. was a phenomenal event. Um, and I would have been, like, personally, I would have been absolutely crushed if it had happened a week before and we didn't get to do it. Um, so that was my first thought. Second thought was really was just like, wow, okay, this is, this is serious. This is a real thing. And um, I think that's kind of what everybody was realizing. Like, you know, one of the guys I work really closely with, he's got a lot of um, immunity issues. And so it was, it's, you kind of look at that and you're like, wow, like this is, this could seriously have some impact and we need to take this seriously. And um, it's interesting, you know, our older kids, their tournament got completely canceled. The, the weekend that all of this happened and that the league shut down, but our 8U and our 10U team was still supposed to play, but the rinks did not shut down. So their games technically were still happening, and we had to tell them, because you guys are under the Coyotes, you, we, you are not allowed to play, which is rough, right? Like our 8U team was in the playoffs. Like they were super excited. Um, so that, that part was really hard, but I think you just – you know, my big thing was, okay, USA Hockey, the NHL, the NBA, the MLB, MLS, like, they're not all getting, this was early on, right? Like, they're not all getting medical advice from, like, people who don't know what they're talking about. Like, clearly, there are powers that be experts who know a lot more about this than we do, advising us to make these moves. And so I think that was the biggest thing was just realizing the severity of it all. 
as an Olympian, how difficult was it to see that the Olympics are also being postponed? And what was your experience like during that time when you played? Yeah, uh, it's interesting. My uh, fiance and I were just talking about this on my podcast the other night. It's, I mean, obviously you're devastated for the athletes, but if this had been us, um, you know, you obviously understand and it could have very well happened to us in Sochi. I mean, there were talks about things getting canceled or boycotted or whatever because of the political climate going on. And Mm -hmm. um, we definitely were worried about it at the time. And so now to have it actually happening to these athletes is, I think, really hard. And um, it's kind of crazy. I didn't really think about this until just now. But like you go back to when it was in Rio and like there were all these concerns about Zika. Like it seems like the Olympics just can't like escape something crazy going on in the world. But um, yeah, I mean, I I just think about some of the logistical impacts. Um, you know, for some of these individuals who have qualified, now there's 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 almost a relief to the Olympics, right? Like you train so hard for so long for that event, and as you start to get closer and training is really a grind, like having the event is what kind of gets you through the hump. And now that they have to wait another year, like those, those athletes who have qualified, now you have to make sure that you're training just as hard for an entire year to make sure that like you're still beating everyone to be able to have your spot in a year. That's crazy to me. Um, For some of these athletes who are not sponsored, like that's another year that you're not probably getting paid to do what you're doing and you have to put off any kind of income to be able to train at that level. That's an impact. Um, I just, for the team sports, I mean, that's, those teams aren't picked yet. So now you have to figure out, okay, how are you going to train to be ready to get selected in a year? Um, There's just a lot of logistical impacts and, um, but it makes sense to me because even though Yes, we may be somewhat out of the woods by August or whenever the games start. People don't realize how much goes into it before then. There are people there on site building. There are people on site getting prepared in all the different venues. There are like our dietitian, for example, flew over to Russia months ahead of time to make sure that the food was being sourced properly. I mean, they literally drove to like the markets where the food was coming in from. They checked the food temps. They made sure everything was ready to go. So while it may be okay by the actual date, it's all of the planning and all of the people that need to be in one location to get ready for the event. That makes it hard. What was the training process like for you? And just put into a picture what the grind is really like and these athletes having to sustain that another year. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's not only physical, but it's also mental. And we, you know, our, our daily routine for the most part, um, at least five days a week was get up at eight, eat, get ready, go to the gym, lift, get, have a snack, <laughs> go to the rink, warm up uh, get your gear on, practice for two hours, cool down, shower. By the time you got home, I mean, it was, it was five o'clock, especially if you were someone who maybe had, you know, a nagging injury or needed some treatment, you know, it was a full-time job. Um, on top of that, I think something that really impacted me mentally, and it's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about mental performance is, you know, I had, I had a really hard time with hockey being, my primary focus. Like I, 
you think about it when you're a college athlete. You go to practice, maybe you have a bad practice, um, you come back to your dorm, you're frustrated about it, but then you, you have to switch your mind over to your homework. You have to switch your brain over to school. During the Olympic year, like one, we didn't have our final cuts. We started training together in early August, I think, and we didn't have our final cuts until January. Wow. So any mistake you made was amplified by the fear of getting cut and then add the factor that you don't have anything to take your mind off of it really so it mentally was was definitely a grind and um for me personally i mean i that i think would have been the hardest part was you know training at that high of a level high of a level having to be that consistent for another year would have been for me personally really challenging so I, I empathize with a lot of these athletes for sure moving forward what advice would you give for people who are just wanting to I guess stay active but also that mental component that you talk about so passionately what are some things and tricks that you've done to kind of help find ways to think about more positive things I should say um well <clears throat> I uh it's interesting. I just recorded a video this morning that I'll be putting out this afternoon, but um, it's based on something that my mental performance coach put out the other day. And he basically said, opportunity is nowhere. And his whole talk was about changing your perspective. And he goes, you can look at this and say, opportunity is nowhere, or you can look at this and see opportunity is now here. And that's really what I personally have tried to do during this time. I mean, you think about how much time we're actually getting back in our lives. It's, it's crazy, right? Like you don't have to get all dressed up. You don't have to get, you know, all your makeup on. You don't have to uh, drive to work. You, in our case, normally I'm going to the office and then come home, eat a snack, and then I go to the rink. Now I don't have to go to the, the rink. I mean, the amount of time that I and everybody else has been able to get back into their day. To me, I view that as an enormous opportunity. And that can mean a lot of different things. You know, for people who have businesses, it gives you an opportunity to spend time innovating. For people who want to get better at something, I mean, if you want to learn a language because you've been talking about it for three years and haven't had the time to do it, go learn a language. Um, if you feel like, you know, you're so busy that you don't get to spend enough time with your kids, have a movie night every single night. Like I, I honestly believe from a mental standpoint, the people who really maximize this extra time that's been given to us are the ones who are going to be in the best position when all of this is over. Um, and so, and one of the things that I've been doing um, is putting out like a daily mental performance talk uh, on my Instagram account. And it's something that I've wanted to do forever and just haven't made the time to do it. And now I'm going for it and I'm having a blast and, um, you know, people are, are DMing me saying, wow, this was so helpful. This was great. And it's like, man, why didn't I start doing this three years ago? So I just encourage everybody, you know, get off the couch, figure out what are those things that you've been wanting to do and haven't had time for and just go for it. Lindsay, for people who don't know who you are, could you give me like a 30 second breakdown of who you are, <laughs> where you grew up and why hockey is so important to you? Sure. 
Uh, so I grew up in Chandler, Arizona. This is the real hockey hotbed of America. Um, I actually started playing hockey because I fell in love with the Mighty Ducks movies. Uh, and kind of as the story goes, my parents got me these plastic rollerblades that strapped onto my shoes and I just like fell in love with skating and they finally got me a stick and I, I was hook, hooked on hockey from then on. Started as a roller hockey player when I was five and then the Coyotes came to town and uh, rinks were getting built. So they built a rink in Chandler when I was six and I switched over to ice hockey. There were very few girls playing at the time. I think there were less than probably 30 girls in the entire state that were playing when I was six years old. And so I played with all the boys, loved it. Um, but as I got older, I started to realize, you know, my dream as a female hockey player wasn't to play in the NHL. It was to play in the Olympics. So I kind of shifted my mentality and my parents and I realized that if I ever wanted to play on an Olympic team, I was going to need to go play women's college hockey. And unfortunately, women's coaches weren't recruiting uh, a little girl out of Chandler, Arizona, playing on a boys team. So I started to look, we looked for other options for girls hockey. Uh, I started flying back and forth to Colorado and played for a team there when I was in high school and was fortunate enough to be recruited to play at Harvard. Um, which was an amazing experience. Absolutely loved playing on that team. Uh, and during that time was when I started getting myself into the national team circuit and was fortunate enough to play on a world championship team in 2013. Um, tried out for the Olympic team that summer and was able to make it onto that team. But um, a lot of people would ask me, you know, are you going to play another one after this? And I always take them back to this moment when I was getting the Olympic medal put around my neck and I looked up at my family and I just started, it was like a movie. Like I just started thinking of all the people who had helped me get to that point from the time I was little to then. And I realized that's what I want to do. And that kind of is what drove me to want to come back to Arizona and really make an impact and grow the game here. Um, I'm the first ever, hockey player, male or female from the state of Arizona to play in the Olympics. So I want to make sure, especially on the girls side, that I'm not the last. And um, we've just been all in for the last five years with the Arizona Coyotes and working together to make it happen. And finally, I've gotten some traction with small fries and kachinas and hope to just keep it rolling. That's awesome, Lindsay. I just want to thank you for your time and meeting with me. I'm going to put a couple different stories together and I'll be sure to get you with cool. as well. But this is so dope. Like you are <laughs> like so legit with your passion. It's contagious. So just all for it. So Hey guys, thank you so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. Please, please Go follow the different channels uh, across Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Got Lindsay Fry and Fry Hockey up there for all kinds of different things. You're looking for a little motivation, probably go over to Lindsay Fry. It's Lindsay underscore Fry underscore 18 on those different platforms. If you're looking for more hockey-related things, skills, podcast, books, things like that, head over to Fry Hockey platforms. Have an awesome rest of your day. See you later.